multiple realities. One of the writers in the Playboy promotion department was taking a trip every weekend on something his black market dealer told him was LSD. Real LSD was illegal by then. One day this writer, whom we shall call Joseph K., told me that he had received telepathic messages from out of space on several of his recent trips. The materialist did not perfectly hide his instant skepticism, and Joseph K. clammed up immediately. We never heard another word from him on that subject, and he later quit Playboy and went off to try to write in Hollywood. At that time, I had put all that mystical stuff behind me and was playing the game of urbane, sophisticated, successful Playboy editor. Weirdness was something that, like poverty, only happened to other people. I was targeted directly at hedonic gratification, mostly due to a new drug that had ended my life, the seductive lady known as Maria Juana, goddess of sex, rapture, and doing your own thing. By the time of the Democratic Convention horrors of 1968, the materialist was smoking pot fairly regularly, like everybody else in Playboy's editorial department and at every other magazine we knew, and throughout the communications industry. One night, the hedonic materialist was happily spaced out on the weed and alone at home. The kids were asleep, and Arlen, paradoxical for a Playboy editor's wife, was out at a women's liberation meeting. I abruptly made a neurological discovery. Most of the phenomena of self-hypnosis are quite easily replicable on grass without the tedious training involved in ordinary hypnosis. Instead of being an unplanned voyage into unexpected sensory thrills, pot became a deliberate program of sensory enrichment. One could turn music into colors, into caresses, into tastes. One could grow to gigantic size or shrink down inside one's own cells and molecules. One could tune one's nervous system like a combination microscope TV set. Several extraordinary months of experiments soon revealed that one could do much of this without pot, although it remained easier with pot, of course, the shaken materialist began at long last to understand what Freud meant by projection and Buddha by Maya. It became clear as vodka that whatever reality means philosophically, our everyday experience, the common-sense definition of reality, is almost entirely self-programmed. This cinematic editing occurs so rapidly that we're normally not aware of doing it, thus we add many things that aren't there at all, Freud's projection, and leave out millions of things that are there, Freud's censorship. Confusing the finished product with an accurate reflection of externality is exactly what Buddha meant when he said normal consciousness is delusion, maya. One soon discovered that pot could be a tool by which one might adjust the nervous system as casually as one adjusts the picture on a TV set. I had achieved what the semanticist Kozybski calls consciousness of abstracting, awareness of the usually unconscious mechanism by which each of us makes the world over in his her own image. The neurologician now took up yoga, quite unmystically and with hardly a grain of piety. I understood that yogic training, whatever else it might comprise, is a method of freeing the nervous system from conditioned perception. Combining pot and yoga, I quickly demonstrated to myself by direct experience that the nervous system can be freed from virtually every perception and reflex that makes up our ordinary spectrum of possibility. Our old friend Alan Watts, a most skeptical theologian and experimental mystic, was doing similar research in those years and coming to similar conclusions. During one of his visits to Chicago, he said to another Playboy editor, But my dear man, reality is only a Rorschach inkblot, you know. 
Alas, to those who haven't done the research personally on the neurological level, this is hardly comprehensible. The editor remained cynical. Later, Paul Krasner, editor of The Realist, put the same thought more colorfully. Reality is silly putty. Those without direct experience could not understand. They quickly concluded that a certain segment of the intelligentsia was going mad. This is why potheads develop a certain inevitable alienation from society. They begin to feel like one-eyed men in the kingdom of the blind. 